Welcome to the Attracting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello again, and welcome to a very special Easter edition of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancolana, and this podcast is dropping the day after Easter. And we all know that Easter is a remembrance and a celebration of the resurrection of Christ. Now, I'm not interested in whether you believe that or not. I'm simply going to use the idea of being dead and buried and coming back to life, I'm going to use that to springboard into a conversation about our love lives. So I mean no disrespect. I'm not belittling anything. I'm just trying to be clever (laughs) and talk to people who feel like their love life is dead and buried, that nothing's happening, that there's no hope that you don't have anything on the horizon. There's, there's no person that you're interacting with. I guess I just want to have this podcast be devoted to people who just feel lost and hopeless. Maybe they've been in relationships before and they're not now and their love life is dead. Maybe there are people listening to this that they've really never been in an intimate relationship of any substance. And you feel like your whole love life has been dead for a long time. So I want to give some hope or I want to give some direction, provide some coaching. And maybe I could frame it this way. If you came to me As a client, which, by the way, happens all the time, if you came to me as a client and said, Roy, my love life is dead, can can we can we talk about how to how to resurrect it, how to how to bring some new life into my love life? I mean, that really is what I do as a coach. Right? I I don't work with any clients that come to me and say, Hey, my love life is great. I'm in this great relationship, we're close. Sex is great. Our communication is great. Everything's wonderful, right? No, I, I work with people who want all of that, but it's not happening. And so maybe today's podcast could give you a little window into how would Roy handle me if I came to him and said, my love life is dead. You know, can, how do we resurrect this thing? How, how do we make something happen? How do, how do we, get some movement and some hope and some possibilities of a real connection with someone. Okay. So that's what today is all about. And I simply want to share with you three of the primary questions that I would ask a client if they came to me in that condition. So I I want to put the questions to you. Now, we're, we're not in a dialogue. 
so that I can't get your answers and then take your answers and go more deeply from what you say. So in a sense, you're only going to hear like one side of the possible conversation that we could have about this. And so it is sort of limited because when I'm working with a client, I might ask a question and that might lead into, you know, many coaching conversations, exploring the answers that my clients might bring. Because I might ask a question, the client gives an answer or what they're thinking in regards to that question, and then that produces more questions for me, more things to explore, more ideas to feel into, right? So these three questions are often doorways into incredibly deep conversations where a number of aha moments happen and then lives change because of it. But in this podcast, sort of the only thing that can happen is I can just tell you some of the questions that you should be asking if you want to resurrect your love life. And then, of course, ideally... The thing is to interact with me with your answers because that's where the juice can really happen. But let's just do what we can do in a podcast, right? I mean, this is a limited medium, frankly. I can point to a lot of things, but it's really different when a client is sitting with me on the phone or over Zoom or WhatsApp because, by the way, I've got clients from all over the world. I mean, It doesn't matter where you are in today's technology. That's the great thing, I think. Uh, If there's one real advantage to all the digital things that are going on in the world today is in the past when you wanted to work with someone, you basically had to find a therapist or a coach or a counselor in your area that you could go to their office. And a lot of that was a crapshoot. Was there someone skilled in your area of need or interest, local to you, right? And sometimes you might be in a big city and there's lots of choices very near you. You might be in a smaller city and there's not that many choices and maybe not someone who is really trained in the area of interest that you have. But now, since we're digital, you have access, frankly, to some of the most trained and qualified coaches in the world because of the internet and Zoom and Skype and things like that. So everybody on the planet basically has access to me. And I I do consider myself sort of at the top of the list in terms of what I do, helping people attract a relationship, not so much about like where to go, We'll talk about that in a minute, you know, where to go, what online platform to use. But I focus more on what are the internal things that you might not be aware of that are sabotaging you, right? You can, you can know all the great places to go, but if you're bringing some sort of blockage or baggage with you, then it doesn't matter how great of a place you're going to or how great of an online profile you write if if you're bringing some of your blockages and barriers and self-sabotaging behaviors with you, then it, you're still going to 
your love life is still not going to be resurrected. So in my experience, it's all about looking in the mirror more than it is looking for the partner. Okay. So let me just give you three questions that I would put to you if you were working with me saying, Roy, I need to resurrect my love life because it's dead. Okay. So the first one I would ask you is, well, tell me what killed your love life in the first place. Sit with that. First thing I'd ask you is, what killed your love life in the first place? And if you've never been in a serious relationship, why? So how'd you get here? Now, this question's so important because we all know that if we don't learn from history, we are destined to repeat it. <laughs> you know, that, that phrase is normally used in politics and history and, you know, averting another world war. Hey, if we haven't learned from the history in the world, then we're going to just keep repeating the same mistakes. Okay, that, that's probably true, but it's really true in our love lives. So what's killed your love life? What, what is, what's, what's got your love life dead and buried? Now, this is really important because here's what's going to happen. If you're like me, if you're like most people, you are going to immediately identify reasons outside of you. You're going to immediately go into blame. Well, you're either going to blame, you know, online dating or the men or women that you've been with. You, you're going to say, well, the reason my love life sucks and the reason why it's dead is because I've picked all the wrong partners or I can't find the right partner. You know, you're going to, you're going to think about, you're going to think that way. That's the kind of the normal reaction. So somebody asks you, so are you seeing anyone? No. Why? <laughs> Almost everyone are going to go to external reasons. They're, you know, you're, you're either going to talk in some way that, well, my lifestyle is such that it makes it difficult to be in a relationship because my career is so busy and I travel or you're going to say something about, you know, yourself that you've got kids and, you know, nobody wants to be with someone that's already got kids or, you know, you're going to say I'm not rich enough or pretty enough or skinny enough or you're going to say, you know, I just uh, I don't know where to go to meet the right people um, or you know, I, uh, you know, whatever it might be, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know what online platform to use, or I don't want to do online dating. That's why, because I just, I hate all that. I don't go to bars and clubs, you know? So the normal way we answer this question, what's killed your love life in the first place? The big mistake is that we look outward and we blame circumstances, conditions, partners we've been with, or we blame, you know, the circumstances of our lives. Like I just, I just talked about. 
Now, I'm not saying that none of those things aren't challenges, right? You might work a really busy schedule. You might have three or four children. You, you know, you might be a guy and you're five feet, five inches tall. You might be someone who is not very conventionally beautiful. You might not make very much money. I mean, there's, you know, so I'm not saying those kinds of reasons are not true. And I'm not saying that they don't have any impact on things. I'm just saying whatever reason you might give like that, I would turn it around and say, does that mean everybody in the world that's got that issue going on, are they all single? So is there anybody with your career and your schedule, anybody on the planet as busy as you, but yet still in a relationship, right? And you know the answer to that, right? Is there anybody as broke as you are, but still in a relationship? Is there anyone as tall or short or as beautiful or not as you are, but still in a relationship? Is there anybody with a lot of kids that has still met someone and gotten remarried or is in a relationship? Anybody with your background and your psychological, quote, problems or your medical issues? Does everybody in the world that have your issue, are they all single? And of course, the answer is no. <laughs> and so if there are other people in the world with, with whatever issue you think has killed your love life, if there's anybody on the planet that is in a relationship that's got that issue, then you know it's not the issue. So that's one of the first things that you need to face is that pretty much all the reasons why I think I'm single and the reason my love life is dead and buried, those are not, those are not the real reasons because not everybody's single and not everyone's love life is dead that has this issue. So you begin to wake up that uh, maybe it's not that. Ew. Because there's, there's something really comfortable about being able to blame your love life on things like that. Your life condition, the way you've been raised, your physical whatever, your financial this, your career status, there's something comforting about saying, ah, that's what it is. You know, I'm, you know, it, in other words, when we play the victim and we feel, you know, what I mean by that is when we feel at the effect of something, why am I single? Well, it's because of that. Well, okay. So I'm a victim of that. I'm, I'm at the effect of my medical condition, my financial condition, my parenting situation, the size of my body, how tall, how short, how much money I have. Well, I mean, whatever, right? I'm at the effect of that. There, there's something sort of comforting, blaming it on that. Because the ego loves to feel like, you know, the ego doesn't like to face itself. The ego does not like to look in the mirror and say, maybe there's something going on with me. Maybe in some way I'm putting myself in the tomb. 
And I would suggest to you that this answer is, what has killed your love life in the first place? What, what has got your love life dead and buried and in the tomb? The real answer is, I've put myself there. I just don't know how. I don't know why. I don't know how I've done it. But if my love life is dead and buried, it's not because of anything going on on the outside of me. It's not my career. It's not my medical thing. It's not my, my finances. It's not how many kids I've got. It's not that I've been divorced four times and no one wants to be with me. It's not that I've never been married and I'm 50 and everyone's scared. I've got commitment issues. It's not any of that. I put myself in there. I just don't know how. In other words, you are the creator or cause of the condition of your love life. Now, that's not easy to swallow because for two reasons. One, the ego hates it. And secondly, it doesn't look like it on the surface. On the surface, it really looks like, well, I just haven't met the right person yet. Most of you listening to this have taken my relationship fitness self-assessment test on my website right? Because I talk about getting in relationship shape. So I offer a, a kind of a quiz, very short, very confidential, 30 question, true, false quiz to determine your current relationship fitness level. See, in my world, every person should get an idea of what is their current relationship fitness level. If your fitness level is going to determine the quality of your love life. And it is. So you better know kind of what are you starting with because then you might recognize, oh, I need to get myself in better relationship shape, okay? So if you go take that test, you'll what you'll know, maybe you already have taken it and you know, the first question on the test is true or false? I am single because I just haven't met the right person yet. Now, there is a right and wrong answer to that one. <laughs> If you write true, I'm sorry, that's not, that's not it. That's not right. It's not true that you are single because of fate, because you just haven't met the right person yet. You're single because on some level, you are committed to not meeting the right person yet. I'm not saying you haven't met the right person yet. No, no, you haven't met the right person yet. The issue is why? Is it because you just haven't gotten lucky? The stars haven't aligned? You know, you haven't, like that Reese's Peanut Butter Cup commercial from years ago where a chocolate is walking down the street and someone's carrying peanut butter and they bump into each other and the chocolate gets on the peanut butter and vice versa and they both taste it and go, oh my God, this is really good. It's just like they, got, they just got lucky bumping into each other. A lot of people feel like, well, I'm single because I just haven't bumped into the right person yet. It's fate. It's the gods. It's luck. I just haven't gotten lucky yet. This is what people mean when they say, you know, dating is a numbers game. That's a victim mentality. Well, I just got to kiss a bunch of damn frogs before I finally get my prince. It's just a numbers game. I just haven't met the right person yet. So what you're saying, think about this. What you're saying is I'm a victim of fate. I'm, a, I'm at the effect of not having luck yet. I just haven't been lucky. I, 
The stars haven't aligned. I haven't bumped into someone with chocolate that would touch my peanut butter. That ain't it. You can think that way, but it's so disempowering because if you just haven't met the right person yet, well, then what's the plan? Well, I just hope one day I'll just get lucky. Ah, one day uh, the stars will align. One day God will finally smile on me and I will bump into the right person. That's garbage. What if on some level you are keeping yourself single and you just don't know how? What if you haven't met the right person yet because on some level you don't want to meet the right person? What if you haven't met the right person yet because there's something going on inside of you that when you do bump into real potential partners, you sabotage it with an attitude, with some sort of some baggage from your past or some way of communicating or something like that. Okay? So we can't go back and forth right now. See, if you were my client, you could talk to me. You could argue with me. You could have some fun with me. And we could go back and forth. I would say, so come on, what's killed, what's killed your love life so far? And you're gonna, you might want to make it mean the answer be, well, I just had an awful X or whatever it might be. And I would say, no, nope, try again. <laughs> Sometimes good coaching is, is like being, it's like, it's, it's like very annoying because good coach won't let you skate. They, a good coach won't let you sort of stay in victim and just blame your relationship status on things that are beyond your control because there's if it's beyond your control then there is no answer well i guess you just have to wait until you get lucky no you can you can attract lasting love you but the only way you can attract it is if you know kind of how i'm not attracting it how am i killing it how am i burying my love life so that's the first question. Now, the second question flows right out of it. And that is, I might ask a client, so tell me, what's the real reason you're single? What's the real reason? Now, that word real is sort of intimating that there is a reason that you think you're single and then there's a real reason. <laughs> right? So these questions are tied together. And all these questions are to help you wake up and become self-aware. That's what these questions do. That's the key to attracting lasting love is becoming more self-aware. What does that mean? It means you become aware of your blind spots. You become aware of your self-sabotaging, relationship-sabotaging behaviors. You become aware of your limiting beliefs. You become aware of how your childhood conditioning is affecting your ability to open your heart to a person, right? You, you begin to look in the mirror and you see yourself. Oh my God. Well, now I'm seeing the real reason I'm single. And you'll never discover the real reason until you look in the mirror. If you're just looking out into the world, Oh, I haven't found the right dating site yet. I need to really be able to write a better profile. 
you know, I need to get better pictures, right? I need to do a little work, maybe get some Botox, maybe get in better shape, you know, you know, buy some nicer clothes so I can get better pictures for online. Or I need to find out like, where's the best places to go to meet quality people, right? And then when I'm there, okay, how do I get them to pursue me? Because I don't like to initiate. I, I, I kind of want the other person to approach me. So how do I get someone to approach me? Or if I like to initiate, how, how do I get the nerve to go talk to them? Or how do, what do I say to start a conversation? And, and, and how do I flirt? And right. So you, you, you focus that way. And when you do that, you're never seeing the real reason, the reason that your love life has been dead and buried because you haven't yet made the shift from saying that ain't it. Time to just turn around and look at myself. Look in the mirror and ask myself, what's the real reason? Not the surface reasons. The, the reasons that your ego does not want to talk about and does not want to face. The dark, deep, ugly stuff. Now, this is what I had to do. Because I was a classic blamer. That it was all the, my love life was in the shitter and was dead and buried because, oh, I just, it's all my exes, all the women I was with. They're just the wrong women and all that stuff. And I was blaming them and blaming, you know, dating and the online thing. Ah, there's a bunch of crazy women online and it's all that. I was, I was a world-class blamer. But then I hired a coach and they wouldn't let me do that because they, 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 my coach knew that there's, as long as you're blaming, you're disempowering yourself. You, there's no answer. If I, if I haven't met the right person yet, you don't need coaching. Well, just go spend the next 10 or 15 or 20 years hoping that you bump into the right person. No, that ain't it. <laughs> There's a shift here from saying it, I, it, it's not about luck. It's about I'm doing something to prevent love. Right? Remember the quote from Rumi. Rumi's quote is the quote that I've built my entire coaching practice on, and you should build your life on it too. Rumi said, and he, and he said this back in like the year 1300, okay? <laughs> he said, your task is not to find love. Your task is not to search for love. He said, no, no, no. Your task is to search and find all the barriers within yourself that you built against it. So he's basically saying, forget about looking for a partner. Look for the ways in which you're blocking love from flowing because that's the nature of reality. It's the nature of human existence. So don't, don't, don't be thinking about where do I find someone? Look in the mirror. What are the barriers within myself that I have built against it? You're, you're putting your love life in the grave and you're keeping it there. That's the first shift. Until you, until you really own that, you'll, your love life will go nowhere. You've got to own that I'm single because 
uh, on this level, I, I want to be. Like I'm blocking it. I'm doing it to myself. It's like driving a car. You're hitting the gas pedal, right? You want the car to go forward. The car's not moving. Making a lot of noise, but it's not moving. And you look down and say, oh, well, my other foot's on the brake. And that's why the car's not moving. I'm, I'm blocking it. I'm sabotaging the movement of the car because I've got a foot on the brake. So on the one hand, I say I want my car to go forward, but on the other hand, I got a foot on the brake. And I'm telling you that's exactly what's happening in your love life. You say you want to find a partner. That's your foot on the gas. You say you want that, but it's not happening. And it's not happening because there's something wrong with the car. There's not happening because you don't know where to go in your car to meet someone. (laughs) It's happening because your other foot's on the brake. There's a part of you that won't let it happen. You are burying yourself in the tomb and you're keeping the rock over the front of the tomb. And so you can't get out. You're doing it to yourself. You've got your foot on the brake. So that's what I'm getting at when I say, what's the real reason you're single? And, and the answer is because I want to be. Yeah, that's the answer. I'm not a victim. I'm the creator of my life. So if I'm single, I want to be single. Okay. Now, once you own that, right away behind it is going to come like, well, well, how and why am I doing that? Because I, I really don't want that. I mean, I do want to meet someone. But if it's not happening, that means I'm doing it to myself. My foot's on the brake. Well, how am I keeping my foot on the brake? There's your breakthrough. Once you want to talk about how my foot is on the brake, rather than talking about all the things that are happening in the world that make it difficult to meet someone, that's when the breakthrough happens. That's when you have the aha moment. That's when you roll away the stone from in front of the tomb. You start to ask, how is my foot on the brake? And that has that, that answer always comes that there's a personality blind spot. There's something about your personality that is sabotaging you. There's a blind spot. You have no idea how you're coming off to someone, how you're getting in your own way. There's some self-sabotaging attitude or behavior that you're doing. You don't know it. Like It's like driving a car and your foot's on the gas. You don't even know your foot's on the brake until someone... You know, you complain to someone, hey, my, my car won't move anywhere. I'm hitting a gas pedal. And someone's sitting in the passenger seat say, well, hey, dumbass, look down at your feet. What do you mean? Well, look at your feet. Oh, my God. My other foot's on the brake. Oh, no wonder why the car isn't moving. Thanks. I didn't know. Right? Well, it's like that. You first have to believe the foot's on the brake. And then you, then you have to find out, well, how? Because I can't see it. That's, and that's why coaching is necessary. If you knew it, you would change it. You would deal with it. Coaching helps you discover what you can't see. It helps you discover your blind spots, your self-sabotaging behaviors. It helps you discover relationship personas. It helps you connect the dots between your childhood and how you are relating or not relating as an adult. You have all these aha moments in coaching. Oh, well, now that I see how my foot's on the brake, well, yeah. Then the foot comes off the brake and the car moves immediately. 
I can't tell you how many of my clients have major shifts in their love lives immediately. Now, sometimes it doesn't always happen that way because life, there is a part of life unfolding in the way it does. But to a large part, we're sabotaging ourselves. We're keeping ourselves single because we're just not aware of the barriers that Rumi talked about. So the first question I ask people is, okay, so what's killed your life and your love life in the first place? Anything that we can learn from your past relationships? Anything, and don't tell me about your ex did this and your ex did that. Now I want to know about you. I'm not saying your ex was a saint and it's all your fault. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, who cares about your ex? I mean, it's like, I want to know what did you do to sabotage your love life? What can you learn from your past relationships? What changes can you make? Right? And then I want to talk to you, kind of a, a correlated question. The second one is, uh, what's the real reason you're single? Well, maybe we already discovered it from answering the first one. But this one, I just want to get more direct with my clients. What's the real reason? It's a fascinating question. All right. Then the third one, it's sort of tied to it, right? There's These questions are almost the same, but I'm asking them from different angles. It's like you... You can see like a car accident at a major intersection and and if there's traffic cameras on all four corners, you, you see the accident happen from different angles, but it's still the same accident, but different angles give you little different perspectives and they open up little learnings. So the third question is, what keeps me from being close? What keeps me from being close? Like, what is, the, what is my major block to intimacy? Now, the answer to this question is a fear of some sort. Fear is what blocks us in life. Fear is what keeps us from being able to be close. And there's two major categories. You're either sort of afraid of rejection or the you're afraid of being hurt afraid of meeting someone and then eventually breaking up afraid that they might eventually cheat on you afraid that it won't work out or you're just afraid of the initial rejection of asking someone out right so in that category of fear there's the, the fear of being hurt. Very common. It, is, that, is that your block to intimacy? See, because if you have a fear of getting hurt, getting cheated on, ending up getting divorced, getting broken up with, being rejected, well, then the best way to never have that happen is to not let yourself be close. And you can make excuses. Well, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, you know, I got a busy schedule. You know, I I work so much, and and I have kids, and I have hobbies, right? 
and you can sort of blame that you're not in a relationship on all of that stuff when in reality all that stuff is just an excuse that you're really afraid of intimacy. How about that? How about there's a part of me that's really afraid of intimacy? Yeah, I got my foot on the brake and I'm online dating and I really want to meet someone and I don't doubt it. You do. But then there's this part of you that's afraid, afraid to be vulnerable, afraid to really be honest, afraid to really expose yourself to a person, to take your heart out of your chest and hand it to them, afraid to be naked. And I mean that both emotionally and physically. A lot of people don't like their bodies. Well, I want a relationship, but I, I don't want anyone to see me without my clothes on. A lot of us don't like ourselves. I'm not good enough. I'm unworthy. I'm, something's wrong with me. And if you don't love you, you're not going to want anyone to see you. Because what you see you don't like. How would you like it? You, you couldn't like me because I don't like me. And, and I don't want to open myself up and have you not like me the way I don't like me. Right? So what keeps you from being close? Well, the whole fear of being hurt. That's a huge one. The other one is the fear of being smothered or controlled or dominated or somehow there's a fear of commitment because a relationship is going to cost me something. It's going to take up too much of my time, my money, my living space. It's going to be a complication. It's going to somehow limit my freedom. I'm going to have to give up my hobbies. I can't see my friends. These are the two basic breaks that I discover with my clients. They're either afraid of being hurt or they're afraid of being engulfed, smothered, controlled. Now, some of you might be so up to speed on the you know relationship science to recognize I just described the two basic attachment styles. The anxious attachment style is the one really that's afraid of being hurt, the anxiety, the fear, the fear of being close. And then there's the avoidant attachment style. That's the one I'm afraid of being smothered, controlled, dominated, losing myself, losing control of my schedule, my life, my freedom, my finances. Okay, which one? I'm not saying there aren't other things that are keeping your foot on the brake. But I'm saying if you're single, one of those issues is an issue for you. You were either raised in an environment where you did not feel connected. You did not go through the normal, healthy phase of childhood where you attached to your mother 
and then attached to your father. And so you didn't develop what's called the secure attachment style. So you've got some sort of abandonment wound. And you go up, you grow up in life and you feel like you need approval. You, you want to be wanted. You want to be desired. You want to be seen. You want to be claimed, right? You feel anxious being separate. You want to attach. But yet, there's so much fear because in your childhood, you didn't attach. And there's just fear and anxiety around it. The hurt. So if you, if you had a home where you felt abandoned in some way, or if your parents were addicts in any way, or if there was any sort of abuse, or even workaholism, there's a good chance that you're like me. I have the anxious attachment style. I wrote a whole book on relationship addiction, <laughs> right? That was before people talked about the anxious attachment style. I knew about it. I just didn't know that word, but I was writing about it in 2008, okay? So that's my type. I've, I've always feared being hurt or rejected, but I've wanted the relationship, all that. The other type is the one that just grew up in maybe a family where the family was over-controlling, sort of dominating your life, telling you where to go, what to believe, what to think, what you can say, what you can't say, what to wear, and your parents were up in your business. You didn't get a chance to individuate. You didn't get a chance to spread your own wings, think for yourself, experiment, venture out on your own. You were smothered and controlled and dominated. That doesn't mean your parents meant evil for you. Maybe they had their own fears and they just wanted to control you and wanted to make sure you were, quote, safe. And so you grew up in a home where you weren't abandoned, just the opposite. So now you're an adult and a relationship reminds you of that. It's like, oh, God, why would I want to be a part of that? But then there's this part of you that does want to be with someone. But you're like, every time you get close, you see, here's the pattern. People that have the avoidant thing, they, they start getting close, but then somehow two, three, four months in, they screw it up. They sabotage it in some way, or they, they find all kinds of reasons why the person isn't the right one for them. And it looks like they're being smart. It looks like they're being appropriately picky. No, it ain't. They've got a fear of intimacy, a fear of being smothered and controlled, and they're finding reasons to keep themselves single. They're finding reasons to disqualify people. They're fine, or they start to do something when the relationship starts to cook, they screw it up. They cheat. They bring, a, bring an attitude that pushes the other person away or something. Do you see the dynamics here? So which one are you? It's all fear of intimacy. Is, it the, it, is your blockage to being close because you're afraid of being hurt or afraid of being smothered? You are on one side of that or the other. That's my thing with, I'm going to do a podcast on attachment styles 
sometime here in the new future. And that's my thing with the attachment style theories is that they say, okay, yeah, there's the anxious, anxious attachment style and the avoidant attachment style and then the secure. And I heard someone say that they think that 50% of people have the secure attachment style. And I just laugh. That, that is, that is so fucking absurd. Like half the population is not healthy. Are you kidding me? Be lucky to have 1% of the population actually be in an evolved, healthy, grounded place in their heart in terms of relating with other people. Maybe 1%. All of us are human. We've been raised by flawed human beings. We've lived in a flawed world. And we all have an ego. Every ego is scared. That's what the ego is. It's, it's the self-sense that's afraid. It needs to protect itself, defend itself, find itself, en- enhance itself, prove itself. That all comes from fear. And your ego is either fear of being hurt or fear of being controlled. So if everybody's got an ego and ego's about fear, then don't tell me half the population is in this really healthy place. No. <laughs> the only way that that's true is if they dumb down the, the secure attachment style to mean that you're not ridiculously neurotic in terms of your anxiety or your avoidance. Okay, if you're, if you're defining it as if, if you're not basically dysfunctional in your anxiety or if you're not dysfunctional that you are so commitment phobic because a relationship is going to steal all your freedom. If you're not one of those two really deep dark places, then we'll put you in the category of secure. Okay, well then maybe. But I'm going to do a podcast because there's another attachment style. There's, there's at least four. There's the anxious avoidant there is the secure in the way people describe it. And then there is the spiritual. (laughs) Then there is the real healthy thing, which we all can work toward and become. Okay. But anyway, enough of that. I'm just wanting to challenge you to kind of really look at these three questions. What has killed and buried your love life so far? What do you need to learn from your past relationships? Because if you don't, you're going to repeat it. It's going to be Groundhog Day. Okay? Correlated with that, then, is what's the real reason you're single? What's the real reason? Not the surface reason. Why am I keeping myself single? And that question gets answered by the third one. Kind of what's keeping me from being close? What's the blockage? The fear of being hurt or the fear of being engulfed? And perhaps there are other things to discover. And so I want to wrap this up by saying, Perhaps you're not resonating with either one of those. Fine. 
That just means there's something else. There's some other way you've got your foot on your brake. And and the thing that I want to really challenge you about is that if you knew it, you you could do something about it on your own. You Once you know these things, then dealing with them is not that hard. The, the hard part is seeing yourself clearly. It's becoming enlightened. It's the self-awareness part. But when we don't know what we're doing, right, your eyeball cannot see itself. It needs a mirror. And coaching is a mirror. That's what I do. I'm going to stand in front of you and I'm going to say, this is what I see. Or ask you the questions. So maybe the fourth question, right? The first question is what's killed and buried your love life in the first place? What's the real reason you're single? And what is keeping you from being close? And maybe the fourth question is, what do I need to do to get myself out of the tomb and to stay out? And I'm not bashful. The answer is work with me. I could say, oh, work with someone, work with some coach. But I'll toot my own horn here in the sense of this. This is the only thing I do. I am an expert in this. I am not trained like other therapists to deal with PTSD and clinical depression and bipolar and stuff like that. But they aren't trained to do this either exclusively. For 15 years, I have been dealing with this issue alone. People that say, I'm single, I don't want to be, what the hell? That's what my whole life is about. You'd be crazy to go to a therapist that has not spent 15 years on this one issue and dealt with it in their own personal life. If you've got a heart issue, you don't want to go to a general MD. The general MD knows a little bit about the heart, but they deal with all kinds of medical issues. The cardiologist deals with the heart and that's all they do. That's all they study. That's all they research. They look at EKG tests and echocardiograms and they do angioplasties and all they do is deal with the heart. You got a heart issue, you need to go to someone who spent their whole life dealing with the heart. You got a love life issue, you go to someone, especially if you're single, you go to someone who spent their whole life understanding the dynamics of attraction and creating healthy, sustainable relationships for single people. And that's what I do. So why don't you call me? Oh, I can't afford it. You don't know that. And I would say, can you afford not to? I don't care what amount of money it is. Think about an amount of money that you think is just a lot, but it turns out to deliver you the most amazing love life you've ever had. Would that be worth it? Let me ask you, what if you knew that if you spent If you found, you just tried to find $10,000. That's not what I charge. Not even close. But let's just say you knew that if you invested $10,000 in the lottery, you would make a billion. Would you do it? 
Of course you would. You'd rob a bank if you had to. <laughs> I'm going to get me 10 grand because it's going to pay off exponentially more. It's going to be worth it. The investment is going to be worth it. I am telling you, I'm not expensive as coaches go. I've done a little research, not a ton, but I am not for what you're getting. And the payoff is exponential. I would imagine you could find some of my clients that would say, you know what? It wasn't worth it for me. But I'll bet you 99, eh, maybe 95 out of 100 would say that was the best money I ever spent. So the last question is, what do I need to do to roll away this stone and to never go back in and, and have my love life be dead and buried? And the answer is work with me. You know where to find me. Roy at coachingwithroy.com. Text me, my cell phone, 407-687-3387. I offer a free, no obligation, no pressure conversation to explore my coaching program, get to know one another. I don't work with anybody that just wants to work with me. I interview you as much as you interview me. This is a relationship we would form, just like you don't date someone just because they want to date you. You also want to feel like you want to be with them. It's the same way. I don't take anyone that comes my way. I want to make sure we're a good fit, that we're compatible. So we talk on the phone. We get to know each other. I hear what's going on. I tell you about my program. I share the price with you. And then if if we feel like, you know what, let's, let's commit to each other. Let's get into a relationship. And it will be the best money you ever spent. Okay. I hope to hear from you because there's no reason your love life should be dead and buried. There is, there is no reason that it has to be that way. And I'm right here to help you. And until next time, bye-bye. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.